Yep. Let's get this going here. We're going to have a Stargate 101. I'm Captain Dirk. And I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. No. Okay. Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros, recorded on March 7th, 2021. And it is good to be back here with my buddy Stev, uh, doing another episode here. And uh, you know, there's something I wanted to get off of my chest here about... Mm. Last week's episode, we talked about the uh, merging of Warhammer 40k along with Magic the Gathering, and um, I had words about it. Yeah, we, we've had words about it, and we had a lot of words about it. So, we had the new promo come out for the, the newest expansion for Doom Eternal called The Ancient Gods Part 2. The uh, teaser trailer is actually coming out on the fifteenth of this month, mm-hmm. and it's gonna it, like this promo image that they attached to it on on Twitter looks wonderful. But you made a special comment that got the gears working in my head here mm-hmm. about how this looks so much like forty k. Yeah, it does. Literally to the, uh, literally from the actual Warhammer to the giant Doom guy Titan with a fucking cannon on his back. This made my PP go swing. Yeah. And I mean, if every single time that I look at this, it's just it's just 40k. Yeah. You, you you literally have a power armored dude, a power armored superhuman demigod. Sorry, god of vengeance and rage and anger wielding a warhammer versus the forces of hell. And the lead demon is in what can I what I can only assume Power armor as well, with a giant fuck-off sword. You've got a man that is too angry to die. That's what Doom is about. A man too angry to die. So, what I thought about is that I don't don't want a a merging between Magic the Gathering and Warhammer 40k. What I really want, if, if if Games Workshop decided... I want to print some money, work out something between themselves and Bethesda, specifically id Software. Let id Software get the licensing to develop a Warhammer 40k game. Mm-hmm. That will print money. Oh, it will definitely print money because it's just like it's. I I I I had this little I. I had this little daydream where I thought to myself, like, what would be a really cool 40k game? Like, it's not going to be like a horror shooter or anything like that, though I would love to see that. Yeah. Um, But I just want a gory shooter like Doom, but in the Warhammer universe. And I want it with a Black Templar with a chainsword and a bolt pistol, and then he gets more weapons as you progress and all that good jazz. But it makes you feel like a fucking space marine. Yeah. You are running around. You are killing Eldar. You are killing Dark Eldar. You are killing Chaos uh, Chaos Space Marines. And then you're killing a bunch of demons to kill the biggest demon. Because he wants to kill the demons. He wants to kill the enemies of man. I want that game. 
so do I. Here's the thing. If, if, if id software decides, well, okay. If, if somehow, if somehow the stars align and, uh, you, you've, you've got this agreement between Bethesda and games workshop and, and id software could develop something. They only have to use Warhammer 40k space Marine as the blueprint and build off of it and expand on what the game did because that game is fantastic. It is one of the, it is one of the best 40k games I have ever played. Mm-hmm. It like it it gets me into the action as a as a space marine. I love the weapons. I love the way the impact feels. I love the orcs. Um, I love the uh, the gore that comes along with this game. It it gets me into that grim dark atmosphere, and I I love it to death. It is two generations old at this point, but it still holds up. Mm-hmm. So. Without further ado, though, let's go ahead and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. Steph, go for it. I actually do have two games that I have been playing. That I well, I've been playing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's see here. So the first one, Devolver, came out with a new game. I was excited about it when I first heard about it about a month ago. It is called Loop Hero. What Loop Hero is is that, of course, following Devolver, it's that pixel graphic-y stuff. So hey, that's pretty all right. I mean, I like it. It's nitty, it's gritty, and it feels really cool for kind of a grim, dark sort of universe. So basically, the way the 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 beginning of this story starts off with the the stars are going are are blipping out of existence. Existence is blipping out of existence, all because of this powerful lich that the hero must defeat. The lich thinks that he won. However, the hero is still alive, and he's remembering parts of the world, and parts of the world are beginning to manifest within his space of reality i guess uh as you defeat monsters that are kind of appearing out of nowhere you are remembering more and more parts of the world the more parts of the world that you remember as you're traveling down this singular looping path you get you know different parts of the world that you remember like meadows rocks mountains uh treasury filled with stuff and it's it's really cool it's like a tile-based game that also uses cards and basically what it is is that you are just trying to recreate the world in one go as much as you can so that way you can beat up the boss of each loop it's fun it's it's roguelike of course and Basically, you are building a deck of things that you can remember from monsters that you killed in order to better build up your, in order to better build up the world and to better to get better gear, to get more experience, uh, to get better materials, so that way you can build up your base camp when you do stop adventuring for a while. And it's a lot of fun because it kind of takes like the for the background it kind of takes the monsters and it begins to humanize them a little bit uh for instance vampires everyone thinks them to be you know bleh 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 i'm gonna suck your blood son (laughs) okay but in the world that was as i'm gonna call it vampires were known as noble peacekeepers they were noble landholders and noble as in like 
you give them a little bit of blood and they'll protect the land as much as they can. Like that was their entire thing. But because they can't feed on people anymore, they've gone blood crazy. They want to eat. They want to feel not hungry anymore. So they're going after people because, you know, it's their, it's their right to, they've protected them for so long. So why don't the people give them what they need? Uh, harpies used to be peaceful creatures, peaceful creatures that would go out and hunt on their own and bring back food for their brood. Well, people are now food now because all of the regular livestock or regular stuff that they used to hunt has now disappeared. Like, oh, Jesus, that's kind of fucky. Um, the reason why people are turning into bandits is because every single time that they try and, you know, gather food and they turn around for a few seconds, the food is gone. It's disappeared because it's not... They don't truly remember what food looks like. So they've been hunting people, eating the food as fast as they can, and then disappearing into the darkness. Sometimes they disappear for good. Um, and it's it's very grim dark. It makes you feel bad for a lot of the monsters that you're killing. And it's honestly a lot of fun when it comes down to the story. I I I've enjoyed it so far. I think it's only ten bucks on Steam right now. Good. I pick it up whenever you can. It's one of those games where you're if you don't know what you want to play, you just pick up you pick it up and you just have a little bit of fun. Okay. What's the next one? Rainbow Six Siege. Okay, so I think I've talked about it before on the show and how I've slept on it a long time because it's it's just another CSGO clone. But I got a little bit further into it and I found out that there's a lot more tactical nuance to the game. It's And it's a lot of fun, especially when I was told one singular tip, stop aiming at walls, aim at doorways because people are going to be roaming around the place. You're going to want to shoot them as soon as you see them. It's just, and I've I've had fun with it so far. I literally main four people in the game, two on attacker, two on defender. Uh, Alibi Ella is my two on is uh my two on uh on the defender on the defender side. Ella has minds that disorient people, and uh, Alibi throws down holograms that you know reveal people whenever you shoot at them so it's like oh that's that's kind of cool that's really neat uh on the attacker side i got iana and dokebi iana basically you throw down a little hologram that runs that you can control and have it run around to either bait people out of their positions or to figure out where the hell everyone is dokebi she turns on your smartphone and you can hear the vibrations through through the walls and stuff like that. I don't know why anyone brings their phones along a mission, but uh, more power to them, I guess. And then when you kill, uh, when somebody dies on the enemy team, you can pick up their phone and then take control of the cameras. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun. I've I'm slowly but surely getting better at it. I am utter trash at the game, but it's I'm having fun with it nonetheless. Good. Good. Yeah. From my end, I've got a couple games I can mention here. I finally picked up Super Mario 3D World for the Nintendo Switch. Yay. Because I, I did not get the, the Wii U when that was the current console. I, in fact, I've never had one. So I don't think anyone wanted one. I did. I, I really did. 
But the problem was I couldn't justify buying the console because it wasn't getting the software support that it needed. Okay. Yeah, because like, I really do think the Wii U was a good console. It's just you need to really look into, well, what kind of games am I going to be playing on this thing if I, if I blow, like, 300 bucks on this thing? Mm-hmm. And, like, gr- granted, though, granted... I, I bought a PlayStation 5, even though the only games that I could really think of at the time that were going to be uh, meant for that were Miles Morales, which, sure, that was still on the PlayStation 4 as well, mm-hmm. and then Demon Souls. But the reason why I picked up that console was because I wanted to keep up with where the games are currently going to be going, besides what's going on with PC. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's an investment into what's going to be happening in the future of games. However, the Wii U is a different scenario than what the consoles were going to be back then because they were transitioning from the um, into the Xbox One and into the PlayStation 4. And those were going to be the more of the, of the next-gen kind of thing, whereas the Wii U was for a different kind of audience. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, getting into Super Mario 3D World, it, it's... It's easy, but it's a lot of fun, and it's like, even if the game is easy, like when it's Mario on a platformer, you're generally going to have a good time, despite how, like, the games are nowhere near as hard as what they used to be back in the 80s and and 90s. Mm -hmm. The other game that I picked up, or started uh, picking up again, was Destiny 2, and... Weirdo is going to be uh, pretty excited to hear me say that kind of thing, but I haven't really given much gameplay into Destiny 2, but I do, like, it's it's something where maybe I should be getting into it because of the things I've explained about, like, why I love Diablo 3 so much, making numbers bigger and blowing them up by the use of of killing more things and then getting better loot and then making more killings and repeating the cycle. Like, that just gives me an, an endorphin rush. So I don't know why I'm not playing Destiny 2 and trying to accomplish that kind of heroin high. And uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to describe it here. I, I, w- I will say this. It's, that's basically the same thing that you get from Rainbow Six as well. Yeah. Especially since, you know, it's very hard when you're playing against five other players that are basically, I wouldn't call it camping, but they're okay they're camping in certain spots and it's very hard to breach a house when you know they know where you're going to be coming from and when you kill someone it's not just ha i killed a man it's oh i killed a guy i almost died for it but i killed a guy yeah yeah so that 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 little rush i feel that i feel that in my heart exactly exactly so with that let's go ahead and get into the gaming news Gaming news. All right, so I got a couple here. First one, the Hogwarts Legacy lead designer, Troy Leavitt, announced his resignation from development team. So if you have not been keeping up with what's been going on with this game, there's been a lot of controversy, mostly because of the lead design for, or one of the leads, for this game, but also J.K. Rowling. There's a lot of people that do not want to give this game money because of the politics of J.K. Rowling. I'm not going to get into those politics right now because 
That's not quite as relevant. But either way, though, if, if somebody doesn't want to give J.K. Rowling money, then they don't want to be buying this game, obviously. Let, let, let's just say that there's a shit ton of memes that came out from uh, J.K. Rowling's uh, Twitter about things we really didn't need to know, like Dumbledore having hardcore gay sex or uh, Dobby's penis being six inches or being six foot. <laughs> well, no, it's it's not even that. It's um, J.K. getting into like trans exclusion, exclusionary radical feminism kind of shit. Oh, so she kind of yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of fans of Harry Potter um, are more on the liberal end, more on the left-leaning end. There's a difference between the two of them, mm -hmm. and they've been very, very upset with Rowling for their politics, for her politics. Um, and it's... I understand where they're coming from, like, being a Megadeth fan. Like, like Dave Mustaine has said some shit where it's like, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if I'm okay with this. Like, I don't know if this is okay to say, buddy. Yeah. I like your stuff, but at the same time, <laughs> this is getting really fucking weird. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot of death of the author going on. So, uh, from the article, Troy Leavitt, the Hogwarts Legacy lead designer who recently came under fire from the mainstream gaming press for having previously hosted an anti-social justice YouTube channel, has announced his resignation from the title's development team. Quote, I have made the decision to part ways with Avalanche Software, Leavitt informed his Twitter followers on March 4th. I have nothing but good things to say about the game, the dev team, and WB Games. He added that he would be releasing a YouTube video about this soon on my channel, but as of writing said video has, has yet to be published. Since the discovery of his now defunct YouTube channel, which has not seen a video update since uh, early 2018, numerous mainstream gaming outlets have disingenuously described Leavitt's views as not only problematic, but outright dangerous because they don't ascribe to popular critical social justice beliefs. For example, Brian Sinclair of GamesIndustry.biz took issue with Leavitt's pro-gamer-gate and anti-feminist positions. And despite admitting that new former lead designer was none relatively unknown, uh, sorry, was one relatively unknown lead on a AAA game, praised how the prospect of the mob justice of cancel culture is preferable to no justice at all. Uh, simultaneously, Sinclair has also claimed that the that those outraged were merely using their limited individual power to do what they can to make the world a better plan, a better place. Uh, similarly, Polygon author Patricia Hernandez. Oh, I haven't heard that in a long time. Oh, I don't like. Okay. Uh, wrote that Leavitt's YouTube was full of far-right content and took particular issue with Leavitt's videos concerning the unfounded accusations of sexual misconduct leveled against Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell and former Disney and Pixar CCO John Lasseter. Uh, she described them as a blanket defense of men who were accused of sexual harassment. Hernandez most ironically took issue with the with this with his video discussing whether or not thought crimes are a real thing, Rowling, who is called a turf by some critics, as in a trans exclusionary radical feminist, is controversial enough on her own that some have decided not to buy the game," said Hernandez. But Leavitt's involvement has tipped the, the scales even further for some. 
Despite his resignation, the attacks against Leave It have not stopped, and they're not going to. Yeah, sorry, boss. <laughs> uh, following his announcement, the ga- the gamer editor in chief Kirk Mc- Mc- sorry McKeend, published a piece claiming that Leave It's exit from the Hogwarts Legacy team highlights the art of the grift. In the article, he preemptively and self-aggrandizingly presents his assumption that Leave It aims to become a martyr in the eyes of his supporters and that his forthcoming video will most likely demonize games journalists as the root cause of his problems rather than being used for introspection or to admit that his actions had consequences as fact. Along with people like Shapiro, he will become another cog in the hate machine on YouTube, his videos revolving around the algorithm and reinforcing the beliefs of people who already watch similar tosh, cried McKean. Either that or he'll go to go the crowdfunding route and promise to lead development on a game free of politics and the suckers will eat it up. Wow, way to get rid of the controversy right there. <laughs> yeah, Leavitt's resignation is particularly disheartening in light of the fact that, as revealed in one of his videos, even though I disclosed my YouTube channel with WB Games, it didn't appear to be an issue for them. Oh. Not that they endorse anything that I have said, of course, but at least they seem more concerned with making good games than with pushing some kind of social justice agenda. So there is hope. I will say this. When it comes down to WB Games, yeah, they just want to make a fucking game. They don't care what the hell is going on. We've seen how well Shadows of Mordor do. We've seen uh, Shadows of War. We've seen Shadows of War actually, you know, do really good. Like it was popular for a really long time. Yeah, the DLCs for that they they like people bought it up hardcore, and it ended, it ended the series very well, at least in my eyes. Sure, it was non-canon in the Lord of the Rings and and the in the Lord of the Rings canon. But at the same time, it was, it felt nice. Yeah. And WB Games has had some hiccups in the past. Uh, Arkham Origins is a game that I, I love that game, but I also understand the flaws that it contained. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, there were multiple bad decisions within the development of the game as to like who should be handling this, who the uh, quality control would be. Like it wasn't developed by Rocksteady. So. You know, you don't have the big dogs that are doing the Batman game for one game, and all of a sudden, it's like we forgot it altogether now. Yeah, it's just... You can't even get it on the PS4 or PS5. Yep. It's, uh... I think I've said it before. Changing uh, changing devel- uh, changing your development team tends to not be a good thing. For instance, we haven't heard anything about Overwatch 2 outside of it's still in development. You know what we got in the Overwatch uh, in the Overwatch panel for uh, BlizzCon? How to draw Roadhog. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, okay. We got how to draw tutorials. We didn't get anything good coming out of Overwatch 2 as far as I know. Otherwise, I may be getting back into Overwatch as soon as I as as soon as I hear that I hear as soon as I get a release date, I'll probably get back into Overwatch, practice a little bit more, get some more skins. I've missed two really cool skins for Ash. I'm a little upset at that, but that's fine. I really like her because, you know, she has a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. She's voiced by Commander Shepard. Femme Shep. Uh-huh. And she has a lever action rifle. And she also has a butler with a hat. Ooh. 
you know, robot butler with little bowler hat. Yeah. So I was really into that. But it's just, I always, I can always trust WB Games to put out a game that will be enjoyable. There were no real, you know, gender politic bullshit. Shadows of War, Shadows of Mordor, any of the Arkham games. It gave you big, you know... So the main theme when it came down to the Shadows games, the path to evil is laid out with good intentions. The Ranger, I don't remember his name, please forgive me. The Ranger wanted to get revenge for his family. He wanted to kill the tower. Spoiler alert for a game that's God knows how old at this point. Yeah. After that, he was still cursed with undeath. And he knew that if he let Sauron's forces wreak havoc on the world of man, there wouldn't be any world of man left. So he decided to wage his own secret war to at least keep Gondor safe for now. Turn his eye from Gondor to Mordor. He did that. But unfortunately, he got corrupted. He, he, he got corrupted. The wraith that was living inside of the ring, or living inside him, I guess, giving him power, got corrupted. And he didn't see the big... He, he, he betrayed someone that was basically considered his closest friend in order to get revenge. And in the end, he fell alongside, alongside the smith. And for me, it was, I, I, I would kind of call it gut wrench, uh, gut wrenching, because he became the thing that he swore to fight. He became an evil tyrant in order to become, in, in order to kill an evil tyrant. Yeah. So the point being is that the people from WB Games at least there's at least people that give a shit. Yeah. They 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 always give us good narrative things. Like for instance, Arkham Asylum. What was the main theme in that one? No, other than to beat up Joker. No, it was beat up Joker and that it. No, it was exploring, like, kind of exploring the relationships between uh, Batman and his and his villains, but also diving deeper into the lore with the villains, depending on how much you want to dive into the uh, the secrets that the game has as well. And I mean, I think Arkham Knight did it a lot better with, you know... Batman's on a time is on a timer right now. Joker's inside of his head. Spoiler alert for a game that's God knows. Oh how yeah, old. Arkham Knight. That was um yeah yeah. You're you're talking about that one specifically. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um. Well, because Arkham Asylum, that one was more like a love letter to the animated series. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, like something is, is something more, much bigger is being built between Arkham City and then Arkham Knight finally. And it and it's really getting to, into the relationship between Batman and the Joker, mm-hmm. but yeah, you're, you're mentioning the timer like that's that's another big concept about it that uh, Arkham Knight gets into. Like he's uh, giving the, the hint that like okay, maybe it's time to put the cowl up for a while. Yeah, let's let's put the cowl on Nightwing for a bit or the Bat family. I'm a little excited for the new uh, new game coming out. Yeah, I'm just saying. The Batgirl costume gives me feelings on the inside. The Robin, the Robin outfit makes me happy. I'm not the most excited for it, but you know what would really get me going though? Mm. Give me 
a Batman game that is in the same kind of vein as The Dark Knight Returns. Ooh, that would be good. Give me a boomer Batman who doesn't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you give me that and in, 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 in let Rocksteady develop this one as well. I'll be a happy boy. Give me good things. Yeah. But to comment further on what we're reading at from this article, though, I really do want to give WB Games props about how they tried handling things with Leave It. So I don't know anything about Leave It. I don't I have never watched his videos. I, I don't know anything about his politics. I didn't even know that he was a person until he announced that he was leaving. Yeah. As soon as Patricia Hernandez is saying anything, it's like, OK, I got to take everything that she's saying as bullshit. Yeah. But <laughs> because as as far as I know, the only reason that there was a controversy is because, again, Proving Gamergate uh, right again. Game journalists dug up dirt so that way they can cause a controversy and get more views. Mm-hmm. We yeah, they were right. Like they don't they don't care about the consumer versus the uh, no. Um, they just want yeah, readers. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the thing is like Gamergate is never gonna die with these people either. No, of it, course not. It is. It, it will be the eternal boogeyman. That will never be laid to rest by them. They will never move on from it. And you know what the worst part is? Gamergate already won. Yeah. They've already proven their point. So now the people that did believe in Gamergate have now just basically, well, we're off somewhere else. We've already proved our point. You literally proved our point within the first three months of this being a thing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And everyone moved on. Meanwhile, the people... That don't want uh, that don't want to say that. Well, the Gamergate is actually about sexism. No, it's not. It's the fact that you people do this for clout. You're not giving us information. Yeah, the people that are legitimately saying that Gamergate was a harassment campaign or was anti women or anti minorities, like either either you were lied to and you're and you're gullible enough, or you are not willing to to um, look in like research something for yourself. Yeah. It's like the information was fucking out there. But then unfortunately, what one of the things that came out from Gamergate were grifters, right wing grifters. Yeah, that got really weird. Who was the who who's the guy that started like trying to be the figurehead of Gamergate? I'm trying to Milo Yiannopoulos. That's the one. The guy who uh, hated video games wanted to be like this figurehead for for gaming and Gamergate. And then like the people that actually knew what Gamergate was about was like, all right, all right. Yeah, that, like all that's right. the thing though. Like it was a symbiotic relationship. We we understood like we're, you're using us, but at the same time, we're using you. Yeah. And now the people that are still, you know, going hard into the Gamergate stuff are some really weird nut jobs. I've yeah. noticed. I, I've I've noticed that Sargon of Akkad has um fallen off the wagon a couple of years ago. Yeah, he got yeah. It's just that uh, let's just say with the great migration of the four chans, that was probably a good thing. Yeah. Cause that got off a lot of weird people. Yeah, uh, well Moot got to give his fit too. Yeah. Did you see what Moot did with Pole? Right when it was starting? <laughs> he just fucking <laughs> 
fucking annihilated the board. Like, all right, I know where this is going. All right, I'm giving this to another person that has the patience for this oh, board. But not without setting it on fire first. Oh, he said that, that, that was more than setting on fire. Yeah, I, I think he had a deep-rooted hatred for Pole and what it became. I think... Because, like, originally Pole was... Pole, which is politically incorrect... Like, Pole was supposed to be a place where people could just, just bullshit about politics and, like, people knew they didn't really know what they were talking about, but then it started catching people that thought that what they were reading was actually true. Yeah, like, like it gets to, it gets to some weird points. Now, don't, 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 don't take this as the wrong way, but there are some people on there that are actually intelligent. They, they, they know when there's a bullshit. They'll they'll lurk on on threads that are full of bullshit, and then we'll get some glorious old Snapchats or not Snapchats, fucking snapshots about how one and on has effectively uh, effectively convinced a good amount of lurkers and posters on the poll boards that either Trump is either the god emperor of mankind, or he is a time traveler that is the child of Hunter uh, or not Hunter uh, fucking who's the kid who's the small kid. In uh, Trump's family. Oh, I I don't know. Yeah. In any event, it gets into some weird shit that he's apparently a time traveler, come back to save America or something like that. Uh, there are people that believe this. Uh, they're a little weird. You also get cat boys with Nazi flags. That's also a thing that exists. That's we get th- neo-Nazi furries. That's, just to just avoid poll. Yeah, we we don't go to poll. I don't if go you to ever poll. Go to poll. Um, it's, uh, it's really easy to just get someone pissed off. Yeah. It is unnaturally easy to piss off poll. Like, it's almost like they want to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want to be angry. Yep. Peter, get off the computer. No, I want to enjoy my <laughs> anger. There are people wrong on the internet. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, the other article I have. So I, I can't believe I'm going to be mentioning these two together. YouTuber the quartering accused of swatting Twitch streamer Zombie Kills. So, just getting this out there, don't talk to Zombie Kills. Don't reach out to her. We don't care what the circumstances are. This is just stuff uh, that we saw. Yeah, I, I mean, I I tagged her name in the Twitter account on Twitter when I published the episode that we did about her just because it would help people that were searching for zombie kills. But don't don't talk to these people. It is not going to serve you any real, valid, <laughs> positive outcomes. It's, it's just not worth it. It's Yeah, like, like we said before, stay away. If you don't have anything real to, you know, to, to get into this, this can hurt you in the long run. Just calm it down. We, we we don't care what really happens here, but yeah, yeah. YouTuber The Quartering has been accused of swatting Twitch streamer Zombie Kills after he criticized one of the Twitch streamer's sponsors. The Quartering has vehemently denied the accusations. The feud between the two internet personalities began on March 1st when computer per- peripheral company Logitech announced that their monthly creator spotlight series of streams would be quote, led by the voices of our women creators in celebration of Women's History Month, including Zombie Kills, 
Retweeting the announcement, the quartering asked Logitech, so you all spend some time promoting a creator who harasses and bullies smaller creators like Zombie Kills? Yikes. How does this lady keep harassing her way to the top? So, I'm I'm going to poo-poo on, on the quartering here for a moment because um, I don't think there's much consistency. I like I think he has been against the notion of going against a sponsor like isn't that looked down upon by people what just like bashing on a sponsor or like going like going after the sponsor of a content creator that you don't like yeah yeah that's kind of yeah that's kind of hypocritical yeah but yeah keep keep going like we 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 already know it's yeah, we already know that it's kind of hypocritical. I'm not yeah. going to lie. The quartering then shared a screenshot of a tweet made by Zombie Kills in which the Twitch streamer can be seen retweeting a candid image taken of herself and captioning it, the face I truly make when any white woman is about to get her ass beat to sleep. Let's see what it looks like. Uh, it, it's it's that shitty, like, oh, cat okay. meme that people That's, use. Okay. Yeah. Well, C for effort. I am. She made an attempt. It's not a good one. Shortly thereafter, the quartering found that Logitech had hid my reply, prompting him to take that as an endorsement of the cyberbullying done by Zombie Kills. Okay, so uh, the following morning, Zombie Kills herself would claim that the tweet shared by the quartering was doctored writing on their personal Twitter account, imagine photoshopping someone's tweets. LMAO, like I can't go through my own stuff, she added. Y'all have me twisted. This woman doesn't understand how the internet works, does she? No, she has never heard of the... um, Wayback machine. The Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah, it's just... We, uh... We, we we literally have an archive for Twitter that, you know, shows us things. They show us deleted tweets. They show us tweets from the before times. They show us hidden tweets. They show us many things. There is no such thing as having a private account on the internet. Yep. And and I'll I'll give credit here. It is entirely possible to uh, to uh, pull the HTML of of a tweet and edit it to make it look like it says something else, and then take a screenshot of it. But the tweet's real. She's spilling her spaghetti here. She needs to own what she said. <laughs> She's not going to. Uh, after Zombie Kills' claim ha- was exposed as false by the aforementioned archive, the Black Girl Gamers account claimed that the quartering, quote, a racist troll, had called police to swat her house. The account further asserted that not only was Zombie Kills owed an apology, but that any brand seen supporting the quartering, sorry, supporting the quartering person will be held to task. Do we have okay, like all swatting, like all swatting accusations, we have proof of the fact that she got swatted. Did she get swatted, or is this just? 
I think the swatting did happen, but it was by someone else. Okay. So there's no proof that the quartering did it. I Okay, so like why 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 do we immediately start accusing random people? It's it's Oh, god damn it. According to the accusations, an unidentified member of the quartering's audience supposedly called in a wellness check on zombie kills in order to troll her through an inconvenience. So it wasn't even a swatting, it was a wellness check. So somebody thought that she was... Okay. So... I don't understand. I I feel like we're going down a rabbit hole. I really don't want to go down, cause it's cause it, I, I'm I'm looking down further, and I'm seeing that. However, as of writing, no evidence of the alleged police visit has been has been provided by either party. Yeah. Yeah. If it turns out that she is accusing him of something he didn't do, of something that never happened, this. Uh, she better say something because if it turns out the police has figured out <laughs> that that that, uh, that they're trying to uh, you know file a, fa- uh, a false report false report or anyone tries to file a, a harassment report on that they'll look for things and if it turns out that it's a false report they're gonna look at zombie kills or whoever called in or or whoever is trying to say this However, as of writing, no evidence of the alleged police visit has been provided by either Zombie Kills or her associates. Additionally, if they did, if um, they did call, in fact, uh, sorry, if the call did in fact take place, it appears to have been done so with no prompting or encouragement from the quartering himself. Given the recent discourse surrounding police in the uh, United States, many, including black girl gamers, exaggerated the supposed wellness check as a full-on swatting attempt. This isn't the first time the quartering has done this, and now it's resulted in the swatting of a black woman's house, which we know in America can have fatal consequences, said Black Girl Gamers. The quartering has been using his platform for harassment and targeting, we have reported. It should be noted that at no time since the leveling of these accusations has anyone, including Zombie Kills and Black Girl Gamers, presented any evidence even supposing the quartering's involvement in the call to law enforcement. Suddenly, as the then-developing situation began to garner widespread attention, the quartering deleted every tweet he had made since October 1st, 2020, later explaining that he had done so because using Twitter seems to have, been, have a, really, a very real chance of derailing my YouTube channel. Everyone is spilling their spaghetti. This spaghetti is being spilt at a, at an alarming rate. Yep. In a short video clip posted to Twitter, the quartering explained that he was working with his legal team, archive version, no live video, to potentially seek legal recourse regarding the accusations. Later, in a much longer and much more proper video response to the accusations, the quartering stated that they were that they were an outward attempt to remove me from YouTube, harass my sponsors and spread vicious lies about me. He asked his supporters to provide help both financially and by archiving the various tweets made against him. So 
In order to be taken seriously, he's making even harder clickbait. I don't... I, I think we've said this before, but this is literally a train wreck that is happening, and now they're throwing Molotov's cocktails at the train wreck. Uh, I don't... These people are so... And 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 now apparently, uh, now apparently, Black Girl Gamers has deleted their tweets, accusing him of swap. They knew what they did, and now they're fucking up. <laughs> yeah, and- the, I don't, I don't understand the brains of these people. All like all the quartering had to do, all Jeremy had to do is is stick to his guns. That's it. And 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 now everyone is trying to fucking backpedal. I guarantee you. That the in in the following month, that this entire fucking debacle is going to be you know it 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 it's going to be over and done with because they both realized that they fucked up. Yeah, and that if it turns out that either one of them is seeking legal action, and if it turns out that either the quartering or zombie kills fucked up, that's going to ruin them. You realize neither of them are going to admit that they fucked up either. No, of course not. Like, like I, 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 I've said this before about the quartering. He's an asshole. Like, don't get me wrong. The stuff that he can put out is good stuff. Like, the quality content he gives us sometimes. It's, it's, it's good, and it's quality. But he's a bit of an asshole that likes to run his mouth a little too hard. Oh, yeah. Zombie kills. A literal fucking bully. On Twitch, that will go after any criti- uh, that will go after any critic that comes after her, with ra- like with just like spouting ra- uh, spouting racism and stuff like that. Like you're being racist, you're being sexist, blah 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 blah. Whatever. These people's egos are bigger than the fucking Empire State Building at this point. Mm-hmm. They're not going to back down, and I guarantee you, at the end of this year, both of them will no longer be relevant at all. Zombie Kills is going to go back to 10 followers, maybe. 10 of those will probably be bots. The Quartering will lose a lot of his followers because oh, this shit is just going to be no. fucking insane. No, no, that's you know, not, that ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. That ain't going to happen, brother. Uh, he, has well, he is well over 1 million subscribers, uh, he, and, and it's a dedicated following. He's oh, got... Oh, yeah. okay. The, like, he is the... Uh, the he is the five finger death punch of of games media. Oops. <laughs> but, but you kind of get my point here. Their egos are fucking huge. Yeah. They're the hot shit of YouTube. And I guarantee you that when 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 when, when legal action is going to be taken, someone's going to blink. Not realize that they just did, and they're gonna fuck up because they don't know when to fucking back off. Yeah. When someone is threatening legal action, you better make sure that you didn't do anything to warrant legal action. Yeah. And from what it's sounding like, if I don't wanna say it like this, but it will push back what actual female gamers wanted by a whole lot. Because 
female gamers want to play video games. They don't care what they are. They just want to play video games. Who knew that people saw video games as a way to escape reality? People watch Twitch so that way they can watch other people, you know, enjoy the game, get some laughs out of it, interact with the streamers every once in a while. But it's just... These people are... They're not... They're, they're, they're turning it... They're turning this actual movement where people have actually gotten harassment for literally just being a female or something like that, or literally just doing anything that goes against the norm. They just want to play the video game. That's all that they want to do. And these fucking, I'm going to say it, e-thoughts, just come in here, make their movement about about the e-thoughts, and then the e-thoughts, whenever they actually do fuck up, they just start screaming misogyny, racism, whatever you have. That's that's really it. Like um with zombie kill what zombie kills is is by no means anything in support of of black people, women, minorities in, in gaming. It it really is all about her. Yes, that's all yeah. that this is. And it's it, it it's so fucking aggravating. Because I've been in a few games where a woman will talk once. She'll try and give out a good call out. And immediately, they will, people will try and do the opposite because fucking why not? It's a whammon. Yep. Like, no, they just want to play video games. They don't care who they are in real life. Right now, they're playing Symmetra. I mean, I hate Symmetra, but at the same time, they're playing a video game. I mean, I'll hate Symmetra. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll hate a lot of these characters. Like, if if I see a Yasuo player, I don't care if they have a vagina or a dick. I'm going after him no matter what. Because I despise that man. Why do you get an oopsie shield? Because you moved. (laughs) I'm not not salty. No, you're not salty at all. not salty at all. No, no. Get rid of his wind wall. Anyways, uh... Fuck them both. I'd, yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to the uh, topic of the week. Topic of the week. All right, brother. You've got some uh, teaching to do. All right. So, back in ye olden days, there was a movie called Stargate. What this was is that it was a literal it was a literal gate that let you go out into the stars. All right. So they go to a planet called Abydos. On Abydos they find aliens and humans, which is really weird because the aliens took the humans from their ancient civilizations and put them on different worlds so that way they can serve as slaves. That's a no-no. Well, first off, we got to blow up the stargate just in case that, you know, something bad is happening. Well, in the movie, blah, 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 hero stuff, hero stuff, hero stuff. It's honestly remarkable. The only reason I'm saying hero stuff is because there's a lot to kind of go through with that movie, and I got a lot of, I got a lot of explaining to do when it comes down to Stargate. But in the end, they kill the bad guy with a nuke. It's kind of badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the smart guy decides that he wants to stay behind because he literally has a window into ancient Egypt, how ancient cultures actually work. And that was the ending of the movie. 
Well, some big-brained producers and writers got together and said, hey, this movie did really fucking good. What can we do with this? Do we make another movie? Uh-uh. Said one writer in the background. Flicks open his lighter, lights a cigarette. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you about this shit that I've been writing. And thus, Stargate SG-1 was created. Okay. That's a good way of putting it. So, Stargate SG-1... Spoiler alert is about the Stargate is uh, is about Stargate Command, uh, a, basically a branch of the Air Force, I believe it is, that uses the Stargate to go to different worlds and to basically act as explorers. And in the meantime, they're looking for technology and ways to fight the new enemy that is known as the Goa'uld. Goa'uld are basically Parasites that take over human hosts or human-like hosts in order to basically live forever. It takes over the host's mind, takes over the host's body, and they are an extremely advanced civilization. They have an entire slave warrior race known as the Jaffa. They're really cool. Um, but it it and why I really like this show is that it doesn't just it doesn't make the Goa'uld or the like any of the main villains kind of seem like, you know, mustache twirling like bastards. It makes them conniving bastards. It makes them smart bastards. It makes you hate the Gould really really hard. When I mean really really hard, I mean like there are there is shit that they do that really fucking you know, gets gets the blood pumping so to speak. Like what? Well, for one, they need hosts, so they go out and they capture the humans, otherwise known as the Tauri, to basically serve as suitable hosts. They uh, they they have a gigantic evil army that they use to basically suppress any of the Tauri out there to keep them as slaves. Um, they do things such as strip mining planets, destroying planets on a whim, and otherwise being little bastards. Um, there's a lot of backstabbing in the gold uh, race. So basically, if you bleed, if you bleed, one of the system lords—that's what they're basically called—the gold system lords. Um, if you bleed them hard enough, it's like putting putting blood in a uh, in a shark-infested pool. Sharks go into a frenzy and they kill off the wounded thing. That's basically what they do. They want to gain power, and through this time, like while they're looking for ways to fight the gold. They're, you know, exploring. They're finding out more about these ancient cultures from Earth because that's when they, that's when the gold were basically roaming around trying to get more slaves, trying to get more hosts, trying to get, you know, a, they're, they're trying to create an empire built off the backs of slaves. And it's really fucking interesting. Like, I can't get into, like, it's episodic, of course, so... Sometimes the episodes will co- uh, will you know go tie into other episodes. Sometimes it's just like one-offs that kind of expand on like the universe of SG One. But this show kind of does it differently. There's a lot of callbacks. Um, 
if you watch the show a lot, if you go through season one through ten, as well as the movies that are in between, you'll notice that they, you know, make a lot of callbacks to the older episodes. Um, one of them would be the Nox, a very highly advanced species, uh, a very highly advanced race that uses stealth technology to hide from the ghouls because they don't want to fight them. They're a pacifist people, so they just hide. Well, they talk about the Nox every once in a while. Uh, they come into contact with a bunch of uh, with a bunch of other humans that believe that Earth is way too primitive for them to stay there because they're refugees. So they tell them about the Nox. They send a letter to the Nox, and Nox and the Nox are like, "All right, yeah, come and hang out with us. You're advanced enough to hang out with us." And it's just. You have to see it to really understand it. Because there's a lot of different subplots that go on and they carry over into other subplots. It And it ties it in to the point where it makes a lot of sense, where you start drawing lines. Uh, for instance, there's a government conspiracy f- from the s- uh, civilian side of the government to use the Stargate for their own economic gain. Like, that's kind of shitty. Not all the branches of the Air Force believe in SG... Uh, in, SG-1, um, they think it's too dangerous. They think that the stuff that they can bring back is very valuable. Even if it means destroying entire civilizations in the process. And it's just, there's so much stuff. There's the Asgard, there's the Atlanteans, there's the Ancients, the Gold System Lords. Uh, it's just huge. Or not, no, not the Towery, the Towery of the Rebels. Sorry, there's so much going on when it comes down to Stargate, but you just have to see it to really believe it. It's one of those things where, yes, I believe that you need to watch Season 1, Episode 1, if you want to get a better understanding about what's going on. You can't just jump into a season and expect to know everything. There's a lot of different things that you need to know about the characters themselves. For instance, Samantha Carter. She proves herself time and time again in a in an age where it's like, you know, women in the military, not really a very common occurrence. So she wants to prove herself and she does so time and time again to the point where she is like one of the most respected individuals in the Air Force. How did they get the Prometheus? How did they get this? Uh, how did they get the puddle jumper? How did they get all this stuff? How did they go to a different galaxy? How did they meet the Asgards? Who are the Asgards? Who are the Ancients? Why can Danny? Uh, why can Daniel ascend so much? It's so fucking huge because then it also starts going into like if you know about the ancient Egyptian gods, then you know about a good portion of the gold system lords. There's Anubis. There's Horus. There's Ra. There's Apophis. There's Set. There's so many of these. And I'm very upset that they took it that that Amazon forgot to renew the license to stream all of SG One and Stargate Atlantis. And so, is uh, we saw <clears throat> SG One is on Netflix. Yes, is Atlantis there? Atlantis might actually be there as well as the rest of the Stargate movies. Uh, I would honestly recommend if you have a basic understanding of. Any of the seasons of Stargate, you'll understand what Stargate Atlantis is trying to do. 
it's not like you have to know exactly what happened in SG-1 to understand what's happening in Stargate Atlantis, because Stargate Atlantis also does a good job of explaining what exactly happened in the past. Not like overt, like overt explanations or anything like that, but more along the lines of you just like they're, they're giving you the basic knowledge you need to know about that mission. Um, every episode is basically a mission that is happening or is about to happen or already just happened. Okay. So if I wanted to get into it right now, what should I start off with? Should it be SG one or the first movie? Uh, if you really want to get in, uh, if you really want to understand where, what Abydos is, where Daniel Jackson's coming from, uh, why, uh, why Jack O'Neill is the way he is. Um, I would recommend watching the first movie first. It's a lot of fun. It, you don't need any prior knowledge of anything going into the movie. Uh, and then after you do that, then you'll understand what's, you'll, you'll understand the background for all of the characters when it comes down to the first episode of SG-1, like Kowalski, Colonel O'Neill. Um, Daniel Jackson, uh, Samantha Carter is a new character, so you won't need to, the, there won't be any mention of her in the movie. Uh, Teal'c is introduced in the first episode, I believe, or maybe second, yeah, it was probably first, you yeah, know, it was first, and it's just, you have to watch it to really know, you, you, it, God, it's so weird to explain, because I've watched all of this and it's like it's it's that feeling that you have so much information inside of you you just don't know how to really express it. That's that's how it comes down to like a lot of the shows that I watch. But this is the one that has always kept my attention no matter what. As soon as I found out that it was on Amazon Prime, that was it. That 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 was my life for 3 months. Okay. Um you you've mentioned um a lot of historical stuff from uh, like a lot of uh, stuff referencing uh, Egyptian religion, um, Atlantis. Like a lot of this is is like from ancient times, ancient times of of Earth. Yeah, but the Stargate is also supposed to be uh, like a wormhole to all kinds of other planets. Is that right? Yes. Uh, basically, they were built by the ancients to serve as a faster way of transporting. Okay, that makes people, sense. People, but like cargo, all of that other stuff. It was also a way to move the military around really quickly. Like, it's how, like, if a planet really needs help, all you need to know is the gate location and just go. What's a gate location? So, basically, you'll see on a Stargate that there's a bunch of ruins. Six of those ruins are basically points of reference. And the seventh ruin, which is going to be a pyramid with a disc on top, is the point of origin. That's basically where you're coming from. I don't know how they describe it in the movie, but basically, before you connect, so basically, let's put it like this. It's a little bit of a stretch, so correct me if I'm wrong when it comes down to this. It's like triangulation, I guess. You need three points of reference, and then, you know, there's you, and then you need to figure out where the thing is. First off, you need to have a wide area, you need triangulation, so you need to pick out constellations 
That's basically what each of those ruins stands for. Then you need to have a point of origin. That's basically how the gate works. The exact moment that you understand where the thing is you want to go, as soon as you get the reference to it, all you need to do is punch in, tho uh, punch in those ruins and then hit the point of origin and then gate opens. You can go through into the planet. Okay. Now, I'm not gonna get. I'm. I'm not gonna spoil anything more about the Stargate because, again, Stargate is a really good show. SG One is an amazing show. Stargate Atlantis is also a remarkable show. It gets dark in certain places, and that's honestly why I really like the show a lot. It gets dark. It's nitty. It's gritty. It's cable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's just. It explores themes that people didn't want to explore at the time, I guess. Like, women in the military, unheard of. Like, yes, there were a few exceptions, yeah. But at the same time, it was just like, a woman in the military? Unheard of. Sort of things. And so, uh, it, it also deals with, like, weird... Like misogynistic things, like just because you're a woman does, uh, just because you're a woman, that means that you're not an able fighter. Well, Samantha Carter has gone on a good amount of missions on Earth. She knows how to fight. Just because we're humans doesn't mean that we're weaklings. I mean, just because we can't lift up a boulder above our heads and then throw it at people doesn't mean that we're weak. We got brain. All two neurons of it. <laughs> but it, it it goes into a, like a few of the episodes go into different like kind of themes. And in my opinion, kind of what ifs. Like what we're, we're basically going to different planets. So let's explore kind of like what the Native Americans went through when European colonialists came on over. Smallpox. Hit the native population like no fucking other. Wipes out entire tribes. They have an episode dealing with that. And, and, and it deals with it in a, you know, a very good way. Because it's like, they, they, they say it like, we probably brought something to them and we didn't even know it. Which means that we need to take better precautions of, uh, better precautions in order to make sure that this doesn't happen on other planets. So, you sanitize before you get into the gate. Sanitize as soon as you come out of the gate because, of course, they had that issue in uh, SG, uh, in uh, the SGC as well. People started getting sick. They had to close down. They had to quarantine the entire mountain. And it goes into how far do we go to keep a secret? Because the Stargate program, if it was revealed to the general population that there are aliens out there that want to kill us, it would send them into a uh, into a mass panic. People are going to want to try and split it up hardcore. Other world governments are going to try and get into it to fulfill their own agendas. They go through this a lot, especially when it comes down to the Russians. Because we didn't really trust the Russians. And okay. it's just, again, in order for you to really understand what's going on, you gotta watch the show. It's just such a remarkable show. There's ten season on there's ten seasons on Netflix. If you wait a little bit longer, those of you that actually do have only have Amazon Prime, it will come back to Amazon Prime in probably a month or two. Just give them time to negotiate out the license again, and it'll be on there. Okay. 
So with with how far uh, back in, in the past uh, SG-1 was released and Atlantis, is there anything more current for fans to get into? Unfortunately not. Um, there was a small series that they tried to do and it just didn't take off in the way that they, that in the way that they wanted. It's just, it didn't fall into the feeling of SG one or Stargate Atlantis. In fact, a lot of people, including the main, including the main protagonist, the actor for uh, Stargate Atlantis has been trying to get Stargate Atlantis to be renewed. I mean, People want Stargate. Uh, people want Stargate again, and I'm 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 basically an advocate when it comes down to Stargate. Like this show, I really wish that I watched the show back when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure I watched the show back when I was a kid. I had that goddamn movie. I watched that movie in the theaters. I have that movie in my basement on VHS, and it just always blows me away. It, it it's such a remarkable experience, and I really do wish that Stargate would come back. I want more Stargate in my life. I want it written in the same fashion that Stargate was. And these aren't nostalgia glasses clicking around. Like I I noticed that you had no idea what was going on in the two hundred and the uh, episode two hundred, mm-hmm. which doesn't stand for the two hundred. I think it was the two hundred episode, but either way, um. But it's just, for me, watching these characters go through all these funny cliches that we're going through, it's just, it, it, it made me happy. It, 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 was, it was fun. It was fun for me to, like, watch that after watching, God, all of the seasons at this point. And you bond with the characters. Daniel Jackson goes from this kind of nerdy historian that, you know, is just excited to go and explore all of these ancient cultures basically as he calls them windows through time or time capsules or uh, everything like this it's just and and him turning into literally a being that ascends above the mortal plane and him finding out all all about this stuff it's remarkable i honestly recommend it hardcore if you ever have the time to binge watch it on netflix anywhere even if you have to buy the goddamn DVD set or the Blu-ray set, whatever. Okay. I would watch it. It's going to set you back a couple bucks, but... Yeah. Yeah. I'd recommend it, including the movies. The movies are basically longer versions of the TV show. They're good. All right. Well, I guess that can really wrap things up then. Well... Guys, thank you very much for listening to the episode. And uh, we've got a, a few things that we should be making sure that are aware of. Um, we've got the Arrogant Media YouTube channel that the episodes have been getting put upon. We don't just have Super Arrogant Bros. We also have the Plastered Paladins, which we've been doing every other Thursday. Last week, we did some rankings going into uh, ranking uh, conspiracy theories to restaurants Um I also did a ranking of communists. Um, Very riveting stuff with that Very communist thing. <laughs> riveting stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, but it was a lot of fun. It was it, it's it's uh, something that was uh, magical back in the in the day that we did that we decided. Okay, we've got these these guys from you hate to see it. Mm-hmm. The the amazing chemi- dudes, by the way. Yeah, the chemistry was there, and so we decided 
okay, let's go ahead and get this going again. Yeah. And and, and absolutely listen to You Hate to See It as well. Those guys uh, do a great job together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you want to financially support us, we have patreon.com slash arrogant media. And there you can financially support us into the arrogant media military complex. If you want to be an orc war chief, you can do so. Get the title. And until next time, fall damage. I didn't have anything. Okay. What do you say? I didn't have anything either. Usually we have something. I don't like this feeling. I need to start making a list. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to have what was called the Meanwhile in Bavaria bits. Mm-hmm. And it was, the name of it came from a song called Meanwhile in Bavaria. And so, like, Mitchard and I would have some sort of, like, mini bit at the end of every episode. And then it would be played out by that song. And like if like we stopped doing it, but we didn't like decide to stop doing it. It just it just happened that way. Mm-hmm. But when we did it, it was it was always like a bit of a creative kind of fun thing that we did. Yeah, that'd be nice to do. Yeah.